ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your handbook for the apocalypse. I am one half of this two-person podcast. Of course, the magnanimous Uncle Mike, Mike Wan of Susquehanna Alchemy, and I, Mystic Mark, from the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. We have been uh, releasing your handbook for the apocalypse episodes for a couple years now. It seems like we've been... uh, you know, going on and off and on and off in the past few months, but don't be dismayed. We will be back at it and putting out consistent episodes of your handbook for the apocalypse. So make sure you reach out to Mike on Instagram, tell him how much you love him, support him and follow us at my family thinks I'm crazy on Instagram. Follow Mike at Susquehanna alchemy and support this show. Tell your friends about it. Help it grow. Uh, as popular as my other podcast is this one is still uh, sort of dragging behind so hopefully mike and i can continue to put this out with consistency and grow the audience so uh, the best way that you can help this show if you like this show is to leave us a five-star rating and review and tell your friends about us so with that here is the latest episode of your handbook for the apocalypse Ladies and gentlemen, here we are back again on your handbook for the apocalypse. Mike Wan, Mystic Mark, Uncle Mike, how you doing? Welcome back. Uh, I'm doing well, Mark. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I called you, I prompted you for this uh, podcast after seeing the fun uh, that you partook in down at the Path to Freedom uh, conference path to freedom event the, that we spoke of briefly last time you were here. So, uh, yeah. How'd it go? Um, it was, I mean, it was, it was a good time. Like, uh, I, I, um, I enjoy the opportunity to, you know, like festivals that sort of scene is always, uh, fun for me. Like I like the idea of, the temporariness of it, like a whole bunch of people have something in common, whatever the theme of the festival may be. And so that, and then it's built up and then it goes away. So I always like that. And I mean, the way which, which I see myself or understand myself, I'm like not really a part of any scene, um, but I'm not really not part of any scene. So it's like, I like to go to a lot of different things where there's like some degree of overlap or like, okay, like, you know, I resonate in this area. I don't maybe resonate in that area, but, but that doesn't, you know, I'm not concerned about that. I'm just concerned about, you know, being around people and having an experience and just kind of seeing how life unfolds. And so with that being said, it was, it was a great time. It, not that I had low expectations. It exceeded my expectations though. Yeah. Well, I, I guess what's, piqued my curiosity aside from you finally meeting greg carlwood in person uh, and also meeting Gale, jim gale for the first time uh 
there was this really strange looking building in the like photographs that I saw from the event. I don't know if it was on Greg's Instagram or your post about it, but there is this really strange looking metallic structure that people were kind of congregating around. Does that ring any bells? Do you know what I'm talking about? Of course it rings a bell. That's what the, the entire, and I, uh, let me, let me take a step back. If you hear that, that like squeaking, that's your dog. That's a dog. (laughs) And the dog is chewing on a squeak toy and the dog is asking for my attention. And so I'm on the clock right now. And so what, what that means is like, I'm, uh, part of my, um, Part of my skill sets is that of a house sitter. So I finished the house sitting gig in St. Petersburg, and I'm in the middle of a different house sitting uh, situation. That's what this background is. I mean, this is in my place. This is like you know the. Yeah, I should have. I should have asked. You have a beautiful, a beautiful like uh, I don't know what that's called behind you, but it's glass and it looks really nice. A nice sunroom, I guess. Call it a lanai. A lanai. Okay, and it's not glass; it's it's screen. It's to keep out the, the, the mosquitoes. Yeah, um, and we could get into that because I'm finding this whole sort of, um, as I indicated, that you know I'm a Floridian right now. I've been in Florida since early October, right. and I've had quite a few uh, different experiences, like where I've been and where I've lived, uh, almost all on the west coast uh, of Florida, and I've gotten it's. It's just uh, that might be a fun thing to talk about, but let's go back to what your initial question, which was, what was that metallic structure? And unfortunately, the answer is not going to be as exciting as what you might hope. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's uh, it's I believe it's going to be Jim's house and it's just under construction. So that's the the structure, the the inner structure, the frame Correct. of the house. Okay. Right. So it's I don't uh, I think that this is standard for um, most Florida building. Like most most houses that are built outside of Florida, you're going to see like uh, framed out with two by fours and maybe like concrete blocking for the basement. Um, in Florida, it's concrete blocking all around, no basements, and then they don't use wood to uh, wooden studs. They use metal studs, so that's why it looked like that, and it didn't look like maybe what you're used to okay. seeing a construction okay. site look like in the Northeast. Okay, yeah. That, um, the only thing I could think of that's even close to that is like I saw a huge factory being built a few uh, miles away. Uh, over the past few years, they put up this huge factory, and in like the initial stages, it looked like that with this crazy metallic frame. But it just it had so many diagonal like struts that it just peaked my like it grabbed my eye. If it was more like grid like, I probably wouldn't have asked. But it, it it didn't it didn't look like a normal structure. And I know Jim's into building all kinds of cool stuff, so I was maybe thinking there was something uh, to that structure. But I guess that's hurricane proof probably that would be my guess that it's yeah. hurricane. that's the reason why they do that being that inland it yeah. was right outside of orlando like i don't i mean i don't know i wouldn't think that that would have to be uh that strong could also be uh it could be the coding around here right uh i'm laughing because like suddenly our like handbook for the apocalypse podcast is all about like you know construction code and stuff like that. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, let's not be an actual I handbook. A, I want to go down this line. So um, I have a background in um, and a real interest, like an overall arching interest in like architecture and city planning and even more, more specifically, like just how human beings live. Like, I think that's like the foundation. And I've had like, uh, when I used to do regular work, I worked in those spaces, both in the design side and then also in the research side. So, um, I went to this event, um, uh, I think I saw, I saw Greg Carlwood, um, make a post about it on his Instagram post. And then someone who I know um, made a comment who I know from Pennsylvania, who just travels around about, about said that he was going to be there. So I'm like, okay, I'm definitely go. And it was my last full day prior to leaving my St. Petersburg, my St. Petersburg gig. It was a six week gig. And it just seemed like, like the timing wise that this was a culmination point. So, and it was 11, 11, I'll tell you a funny 11, 11 story in a moment. Um, so I was like, all right, like, let me go to it. But that being said, I didn't know anything other than those two touch points. Um, I don't really know Jim. I know that you, I know that you have, a, a relationship with Jim. And when I arrived there, I was like, what am I looking at? Because it was a compound. It was a compound, which was. Uh, under construction, there were some finished buildings, but then there are a whole bunch of things that look like they are in the works. The most obvious being the building, which we're talking about, which I think is Jim's. Um, but that being said, I never got a, I never got a full insider's explanation as to what it was. But I, but if I were to guess, uh, I mean, that's kind of what it's going to be is it's going to be like a, um, like a, uh, a compound training center, training facility, meeting facility with a focus on uh, all things alternative, I guess. Yeah. Like what their, their big catchword is food forest abundance. That's the name right. of their company. So I, food forest sustainability, they're probably creating a food forest. Well, there's, well, that's there, yeah. but it's more than that. Like there's, there are probably, I think I saw, um, six module do you know what i mean by like a module yeah. housing so like maybe a um what if you could picture like a um those storage tankers they put on the building or on the ships which they ship cross seas uh people have been turning those into houses or housing and so there are about six of those outfitted um uh, nicely outfitted with a central area where it looked like they shared um uh like a communal space there was what I'm assuming was Jim's house, which looked like a maybe 3,500 square feet. There was, um, I mean, it, it looked like it was becoming like a mini sort of uh, city. I believe not a city, but but you know, it was a place. Yeah. And there were, I'm pretty certain there was a, a permaculture event which spilled over afterwards. Like um, the people who, a lot of people who came to the 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 event also then stayed for this permaculture event so that probably overlaps with the food forest abundance so, so it training center i would imagine it's going to be a meeting place for other topics like uh there seemed to be a very strong sovereign movement like the legality sovereign movement that sort of stuff so that would be my guess it's going to be a like an epicenter for something like that mm -hmm. 
Yeah, really awesome to to get like a a look inside what Jim is doing. I think it's called Gull's Landing or something like Galt. that. G-A-L-T. Galt's Landing. And that comes from a, a book that Jim was inspired by. I don't know if it's uh, I don't, Atlas Shrugged or a book similar to that. It, I don't All remember. Right. but That sounds uh, about right. Yeah, but Jim's a great guy. He's like, uh, you know type a personality you know right i didn't know i i i hadn't i only knew him by reputation through you so you i asked for you to give me an introduction an email introduction prior to going there and i don't know if he knows who i am um other than the fact that you introduced me but once i arrived uh he made a point like he's obviously like this was his event so he's got a lot of people vying for his attention and he had a lot of responsibility that day and he made a point to come out and just shake my hand and just be friendly so i was i was grateful for that like cool. i i'm always um i'm all i'm always uh um pleased when and and you know impressed isn't the right word but i can't think of the word i want to say when you know just someone handles handles themselves graciously and i thought he definitely did like he didn't have to do that like his time was spent but there were a whole bunch of people there like mike winner from um, alpha vedic uh he was there i'd been on his show before and um and uh and so i got to meet him in person um really enjoyed that connection there were a handful of people who listened to our show who were just listeners i had really good interaction with obviously greg was there there was uh I'm kind of ignorant to a lot of other podcasts, but I guess there's a pretty big podcast uh, by um, Alex Zek, I think his name is, um, The Way Forward, but I met him. Um, uh, he does a lot of stuff with Mike Winner from from Alpha Vedic, and who else was there? Um, this guy, uh, I, think his, I, I think his last name is Nadal. I think I'm pronouncing it cre- correctly, Matthew Nadal. But he's a guy who... Um, like he's got his own sort of uh, take on like sovereignty and food abundance and stuff like that. And I know that he'd been out in Los Angeles for a bunch of years and he's got, he's got like a pretty big presence. Like I just say that because I know by looking at the number of followers he has on Instagram, but what's, what's, what I like about, or what's fun about my relationship with this guy, Matthew, is he lived in Quarryville. He grew up in Quarryville, which is where known countryside is. And so he had been listening to the Susquehanna Alchemy stuff when he was out in LA like years and years ago. And when he went home like three years ago to see his family in Quarryville, he reached out to me as like, hey, can we meet face to face? Cause you know, I'm in LA and you're talking about my backyard with Susquehanna Alchemy. And so we had like a, a bit of a connection from that and he happened to be at this event. So it was, it was fun that way. And I met a whole bunch of other people, um, uh, two women who spontaneously came up right before I left Pennsylvania to the Susquehanna river at the 40th parallel who asked for a tour. They were there. So along those lines was, it was, a, it was a very, it was very fruitful in terms of like getting to meet some people or seeing some familiar faces. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it was like a, 
a great coming together of uh, like minds and people that you you've met before. That's awesome. I, I know the feeling of showing up to a party where, you know, you don't know anybody and it could be, it could be weird. And I'm sure that was I relieving. Love that. To, I love going to a party by yeah. myself. Like and I went to that one by myself. Like that was, that was that, that's like a thrill for me. Right. Well, right. And I on. like not even knowing anyone. Like I could stay the whole time and just like sit in the back and just like watch everyone. Well, it looked like a great time. I thought I saw a DJ uh, somewhere next to that structure, and I don't know, maybe. So, okay, so so do you know when I say Alpha Vedic and Mike Winter? Oh yeah, he's been on my show. I've been on okay. his. Yeah. So and and I mean this. I mean this in the most respectful way. I mean this in the most respectful way. Like when, like, like he's got a really disarming sort of presence mike mike winter does he's just real easy he does he's not very combative uh kind of looks like i mean he's my age he's i think he's younger than i am uh but he my first appear my first my first take my internal take like you know if i had to put him in a box this was the box i put him in i'm like he kind of looked like you know like 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 suburban alt dad you know, like just like the way he presented it, like his T-shirt and his shorts and like his hair and his hat and all that sort of stuff. And like and I just say that without anything more than that. And I started talking to him because I, we, we connect like I mean, he, he as I said, he's got a really disarming personality. And so it's really easy to talk to him. And we share a lot of things in common, maybe just because our names are so similar, Mike Wan and Mike Wynn. Um, and so we start talking and he says that he's like the DJ that night. And I'm like the DJ. And I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like think of like, like alt yoga dad as the DJ. And I'm like, you know, walk me. I don't see it. Mike walk me through like how you're the DJ. It's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like back in like, in like the nineties in the whole sort of like alternative underground rave scene in San Francisco and Oakland. He was like, yeah, I was in the center of that. I was like a DJ and I was involved in like breaking into like the warehouses after hours and like doing these whole like illegal things. And I'm like, that was you? Like it blew my mind. And what's so fucking funny about that is like, you know, this is the irony of like life. Like, you know, here I am like a, a nomad. I don't have a permanent address and like, borderline like you know i i can either be asked for directions i've also had people ask me if i need spare change i've literally had strangers ask me if i need money before like so i could be i could be thought of as homeless that's the nice thing about florida i think like a lot of like the locals look homeless but then now mike is like this really like like you know he's this real established uh individual and back in the 90s when he was doing all of that like that was when i was in that um, very mainstream sort of, uh, I was, I was alt yoga dad, you know? So there was something kind of funny about that whole sort of thing. Yeah. Did you ever go to any of those, uh, underground raves when you were younger? That, like in San Francisco? No, that, that, wow. that wasn't my scene. Yeah. Um, that wasn't uh, really a big East coast thing either, huh? Maybe New York well, not, city. Not to that level. Like, so I, I did have some interesting experiences in san francisco at that time period but it was still um uh i had a paycheck i had like a 401k like so like i wasn't really part of that scene if you know what i mean even though i put i dipped my toe into that world mm. um so one of the things which which is interesting is uh 
he and I just started talking about like music and different sort of sub genres of, of, of music and particularly of like the eighties and the nineties, something which, which people of, of mine and his age, you know, generation Xers would appreciate it. And we kind of floated around the idea of like maybe recording a couple of episodes of like maybe on his show, maybe on this one, but like, delving into like almost in a nostalgic way, like looking back at some of those music scenes, which uh, I think I'm probably more of a cultural historian and he was probably a little bit more of a participant, but being able to look at that both from a nostalgic perspective, but then also from this like conspiratorial or this like social critic sort of perspective. Now I thought that would be a really not only fun to do, but also um, a a content, like I think it'll be content gold. Yeah. Yeah. Please let me know if I could help in any way to make that happen. All right. Mike's yeah, great. It might even be fun to have like a third person who would like guide that conversation because, you know, that way neither one of us feel the, the need to drive it. I don't know. I could do that. Yeah. Well, and you alluded to previously having some uh, stories. I did ask about the the nice background behind you. I think I even see a a pool over there. Something was floating by. This place. This place is so. This place is. This place is. But tell tell us about your Florida stories because you said you've had a couple weird things that have gone on in the past few weeks. I, I, I didn't even recall the last time we spoke, but I'm pretty certain I told you the story of of like the 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 weird thing that happened on all hollows eve and right the guy with the clerk so all right so let me let me so this is just like this this is this is just kind of funny i mean there's nothing more to it other than the fact that it's this is just how things are right about now so um one of the one of the 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 touch points like there's this this new there's this new rhythm in life which is really coming into um into my focus into my experience like my life and a lot of it is very like i'm calling it somatic nomadics i'm a somatic nomadic astrology and what somatic somatic usually means of the body means like i travel wherever it feels good in the body and that's usually like temperature wise like i want to go where it feels good like the time of year so anyway uh from traveling around and going to places um having a a couple of touch points that every time i go to someplace new like this is what i'm looking for to kind of get my bearings and you and i have had this conversation because what i'm going to say is definitely influenced by you so like one of them is going to be a used bookstore like let me go find a good what's a good used bookstore of this area uh a coffee shop like that's definitely going to be part of it. Natural food or natural health food store. Like those are always good places to go. Thrift, like a good thrift shop is always a good place to go. So today I, uh, um, I, I, uh, I dropped Christy off at the airport. She had to fly back to Pennsylvania for the day and she's going to come back tomorrow and after I dropped her off, I was coming back and I drove by a Goodwill Supercenter and it was a Goodwill like in Sarasota, Florida. And Sarasota is like real ritzy. So you always want to go to like ideally like you want to stop by a thrift store in a rich neighborhood because that's usually where you're going to probably find something a little bit more interesting. 
So I go in there and um, I typically wear like one pair of shorts until the shorts are gone or like one or two shirts. Like I don't I don't have a lot in my wardrobe and I wear it until it's out. Typically, though, I I won't buy thrift. I'll buy something new because I like I like well-made things and I'll wear them out. But anyway, so I needed a pair of shorts and I'm like, all right, I need a pair of shorts. I'm going to stop by this place. So I go I go into Goodwill. And sure enough, like going into good, going into a thrift store very much has a has a similar feel, has a similar feel to going into a used bookstore and the fact like you don't know what you're going to find. And I always have there's a certain book which I'm always looking for whenever I go to a used bookstore and I know if I find it, I'm in the right place. And I haven't found that book yet. But anyway, so. I go to this thrift. I go to this thrift store, and I'm like, I'm gonna look for a pair of shorts. I'm very, very particular about what I'll put on my body. I'm, I've got like a, um, my body's not like a normal size. It's like yours. It's like lean and long. And so, like usually, like you, you're not gonna find things that fit. So when you do, like it's like you, you hit something. So sure enough, I found some. Uh, I found stuff that fit, and I would wear. And I, I got a shirt, and I got a pair of shorts. And I go into the Goodwill line and I'm looking at the people who are who are there. And I'm always thinking about this. Every time there's a checkout, I'm like, who do I want to have my exchange with? Like part of it's like allowing life to unfold. But then the other part is like, who do I want to go and exchange? And I, I typically am pretty simple. Like it's like the cutest girl. Like I want to talk to the cutest girl, right? And so there was just like real like, 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 covered like really covered in tattoos like all on her neck and her face like not your normal your normal like common tattoos like she looked real interesting and she she was there i'm like all right that's who i want to be my the person who i check out with and sure enough like of all the people that were working at the goodwills most of them are coming out of halfway home so like it's like that's part of the the goodwill program so i go to this person and and I don't say much like I when I'm walking around regular life, like I, I, I hold back a lot of my energy. And at the very end, uh, she go, um, like the whole thing, like this is the thing all the time. Now they're like, would you like to round up to support whatever their thing is? Um, and so the price for what I got for my two items was 1111, which is a lot of money for thrift, in my opinion. But anyway. Um, 11, 11, she's like, would you like to go and round up for this money goes to support the veterans? And I'm like, what day is veterans day? November 11th. I'm like 11, 11. How much is my change? Or how much is my, my, how much do I owe you? 11, 11. And this is for a veteran. Is this what you're trying to tell me? And I say this like almost in this like accusing way. Like I, I'm laughing really hard on the inside. And this woman is like, what is wrong with this insane man? But I'm making perfect sense in a very, very like, like it, like in this synchromistic way. Like that's the beauty of synchromysticism. That's why it cracks people open because what you're saying is crazy. But it makes sense. And I'm like, so if this is for, if, if 11, 11 is veterans day. And if I've got, if it's 11, 11 and this is for veterans, do I have a choice not to? It's like, I don't think you do. You're right. So 89 cents. There you go. <laughs> so, I go. So then I went, I did that. And then I had to get something. I had to go get um, some stuff for my car, uh, for the truck. I need some, some uh, motor oil and some other things like maintenance stuff for the truck. So I had to go to, to Walmart. There was a Walmart nearby. And uh, I had a huge score at Walmart. 
like, and I felt like I was riding high. I was riding off of the 11, 11 goodwill veteran, like whatever that is. Like if I got to go and intermingle with, with, with paradigm, like make it a game and, and like, you know, it was, it was enjoyable. So that would be an example of like a Floridian story for me. I love that. I thought you were going to tell me that your Walmart uh, total was 11, 11 as well. That would have been, uh, something else but uh god i didn't think about what that was um so this was also funny so i'm staying in um i'm staying in this neighborhood and generally speaking like sarasota is an affluent area but in the range of like that continuum of affluence this is probably like middle of the road this neighborhood where i'm staying like the houses are like i don't i have no idea what housing's cost here but they're nice uh, it's and it's a gated community, one of like countless gated communities. And typically, like m- most gated communities are just like fake gated communities. Like there's like it looks like there's a gate and like there's but they're not really gated. Like there's not like there's a guard there. There's not like like it just appears to be that way. And so I'm at the uh, this is a four night house sitting gig. And last night was the third night and the gates have always been wide open. I haven't thought anything of it, but apparently what happens in this neighborhood is when you go out after dark, when you come back after dark, like the gates are shut. And um, so I come back after, after dark and the gates are shut and there's like this place and it's like, uh, this, this is your, um, this is uh, the place for the visitors to check in. And um, there's a stand there. It's not a human being. And it says, insert your driver's license. You know, I'm not, I'm not too excited about that, but I'm like, I got to get back in. Um, and I go and I insert the driver's license and it comes out and then a voice comes on. And they're like, um, what is the, what is, uh, oh, they also ask, what is the name, the address and the name of the person you're coming to visit? I, I said that to, to the box and they're like, yeah, you're not on the guest list. What do you mean I'm not on the guest list? Like I've been here for two days. Like this is like a like a, a thing. She's like, you're not on the guest list. You're gonna have to contact the. You're gonna have to talk. Contact the owner. I don't have a phone. I don't have a phone with me. I've got no means to contact the owner. And like the lights are out, and I'm like, what am I gonna do? And like it's this like 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 this. It's a pretty Tony neighborhood, and people definitely don't look like me, and people definitely aren't driving like a like a like a 25 year old pickup truck with Susquehanna alchemy stickers on it. Um, so like, I'm like, what? I'm not certain how this is going to play out. And um, I'm sitting there for a little bit, like just pulled over to the side. And then I realized like there's enough, there's enough time from once someone else drives in. Like I could, I could like, dr- I could draft off them and drive right in afterwards. So I got to do that into the neighborhood last night. There's my second floor. To <laughs> and so like I had to break into the neighborhood. I love that. I have done that as an Amazon delivery driver because there's a similar to do when you are dropping off packages. And I had one gated community that I would frequently go to. And that was always my tactic was to just wait for somebody to come in and follow them in. Because, yeah, it was such a hassle. But it's funny, you, you brought up the thrift store. It made me think of uh, Marshall and his denim company, the way you described, like, wearing out clothes. And Marshall told me this anecdote. A guy ordered his jeans from Russia. 
he opened the package and he was so impressed that he wrote a letter back to Marshall saying, you know, how incredible the denim is and how it made him feel like a kid again. And how like when he was a kid, his grandparents, you know, they would pass a pair of pants like that down to their, you know, son and so on and so forth. And he's like, they don't make anything like this anymore. What you made is a true, a true piece of art, you know, like this is like, I'm paraphrasing of course, but it was like the, the sentiment that this guy felt, you know, all the way across the world for this pair of uh, jeans, you know, it was, it was incredibly meaningful to him. And uh, yeah, I, I have a, does he listen to the show? Yeah. Marshall, Marshall knows about the podcast. I don't know if he listens to this one, but I have recommended it to him because I mean, I, I can't say, so I've got, I told you this, I've got one pair of jeans. I've, um, I've had this pair of jeans since I think I probably bought them uh, 2017. Like I bought really nice jeans. I bought like, you know, like jeans that would, if you have one pair of jeans and you wear them probably like the jeans are of wearing pants, they probably get 80% of my, my, my time. I'm probably on their final year right now. And I need another pair of jeans. Well, and I'm listening to this, but, but, but somehow, somehow, if, if there could be a sponsorship, <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm going for because I will go and I would, I will, I will, I will take pictures of me in those jeans all over the world and I'll tag them and I'll write my commentaries because uh, his stuff looks so friggin' good. I have told you about it before and yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, if if this is a way of getting you up here, come on up to New Hartford. Let and- <laughs> them listen to this, like whatever minute mark we're yeah, in. I'll this send it episode, to him. You let them know that that Uncle Mike is talking about because he he has a need, he has an appreciation, and he has an enthusiasm for your high quality product. Right on. Well, I, I could talk about Marshall all day he's a great dude his shop is super interesting tons of old machines in there but recently uh, i received a gift in the mail from a future guest that maybe we'll have on this show um have you ever heard of the fifth season concept mike no so this gentleman i think his name's tom sherman he sent me a calendar with 10 months okay divided into five seasons and two intervals of each season and his what's his name tom sherman and his his whole theory it's very simple but it's predicated on the fact that 365 days of uh, of the year is is somewhat of a a constant right but the fact that we have some months that are 28 days and some months that are 31 days you know that's not it doesn't make for an accurate count. So he revised the calendar into 10 months, uh, 36 days each. And, uh, and you can, he sent me the calendar. It kind of, it's neat cause it overlays what the Gregorian day would be. So in his calendar right now, it's like, what are the, what's the fifth season? How does he describe it? He describes it as winter, spring, summer, autumn, and fall. So autumn and fall are two distinct seasons. Fall starts November 15th, and autumn starts in, like, late July. So, uh, but 
Yeah, I would like to have a conversation with him about this because I, I I've got a considerable amount of thought, and there's an under like like. So this the, is the seasons are based upon the sun. So I want to know where. Oh wow, yeah, I would love to go see that. This guy looks like he's put a lot of thought in uh, into this. So I'd, yeah. I'd be curious. Yeah, he he definitely has. He, he sent this little guide with uh, with the calendar. The calendar unfortunately is on the wall on the other side of the camera, so I can't show the calendar right now but I'll, I'll send you photos of this so you could look over it i'm sure he'll send you uh, a calendar and i figured we would talk about talk about it briefly because yeah i'd love to have him on the show and uh get your take on it too because i really uh, i i would love to see the two you know you you two and what what conversation comes forth from that as all with all the research I'm you've reading done. what he's saying about it right now he says that uh, this could be used as a tool for businesses and government agencies to boost efficiency and minimize confusion it's rooted in math it's rooted in science uh, this guy looks I, I'd love to see that book cool yeah I I, uh, I haven't spoke to him yet but we've been uh, you know, pushing the the buck forward on when we're going to do a podcast. Oh my so. god, this guy is friggin' all aw- like this picture <laughs> of him is so friggin' funny. Uh, uh, it's like, and he he's he's the founder of Galvin Industries, which is a one man think tank. <laughs> like that that and it's that right there. <laughs> one that man right think there, tank. Like, he's got a fan in me. Right on. Yeah, I, I, what website are you looking at? Did you just type uh, in? When did new- I see that? That was uh, uh, whyy.org. It looks like it's a PBS station from I don't know where it's out of. Huh. So he was interviewed by them or? Uh, there's a, there's an article about him on here. I guess oh, they okay. interviewed him. That would be my guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was put in touch with him through the expanding reality podcast. They had him on as a guest and, and reached out and recommended. I talked to him, but, uh, yeah, two, two good recommendations. You, you told me about the way forward, which I had never heard of. I'm going to look into that and, uh, yeah, fifth, the fifth season in the new calendar, but, uh, one thing that I wanted to bring up with you, unless you have some more thoughts on the, the new calendar idea, um, is this idea that there may be like a blur. Oh, no, he lives He lives in Delaware. <laughs> He's a local. Look at that. I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. So, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just still looking at this guy right now because I'm finding this intriguing. So, you, uh, I cut you off. Please finish what no, you're saying. No, uh, well... Tell us. I want to know if you had any more thoughts on uh, on Tom. Um, not no no. I'm just kind of looking. I'm looking as you're talking. I'm doing two things. I'm double dipping. Well, we'll 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 have him on eventually. I'm gonna Definitely. get in touch with him. But uh, yeah, I saw this bird, and I, for the life of me, I've looked in six or seven different books even specific books about birds from this region and i haven't been able to find any match to this bird that i saw uh there are some birds that have similar shapes there are other birds that have similar coloring but none of them are quite a match and it got me thinking about um this like blurry line between the known and the unknown and like 
you know, in science, there's millions of variations of species of animals and the thought that all of them have been seen or categorized, I think is uh, a little bit of an over assumption. So now I'm starting to wonder, did I see a new species of bird or an uncatalogued species of bird? Because I've never, like as hard as I've tried, I've not found any uh, match to this type of bird that I witnessed. I mean, unless it's some sort of bird that I did learn about this phenomena that certain birds will travel over the ocean. Maybe they get, you know, kind of like thrown off because of a storm and they end up outside of their normal habitat that happens from time to time but uh yeah it just got me thinking you know is there uh is there you know a whole range of species that are uncatalogued or and here's where it gets a little weird are there places <laughs> are there places in the in the world where the the fluctuation or the potential for things to evolve and change is maybe higher in frequency somehow. So this could be like a, you know, a place where there are multiple species where there's, you know, these kind of weird evolutions that take place. Um, And why I'm, why I'm kind of adding that in there is because where I saw the bird was in a place called uh, Satan's kingdom which is the name of the, the region that I don't live too far from. Uh, that was the place we we're talking about last time, right? Right, right. And the, on my, uh, over the past few weeks, I've been walking to the grocery store, which is in Satan's kingdom. So I walk to the grocery store along the river and uh, I keep seeing all these birds. I've only seen this one bird once, uh, but I have got my eyes on the river. And then on my most recent uh, walk to the grocery store. I think I found a mound because I decided to take a different path and I kind of bushwhacked a little bit and I found a a spot that, I mean, sure, it could just be a natural hill, but it feels a lot like a mound to me. Uh, and I found some stones at the top of it that were kind of in a circle and yeah, it just kind of got me thinking, uh, about this region that I'm in and, you know, the weirdness, the, the wildness that's possible. I don't know. What do you think about the, the bird sighting? Um, I always think about stuff like that. I'm like, particular, uh, like in the whole idea of like cryptids too, right? Like yeah. the, of, of, and there's this, there's an, an implied, there's an implied notion that, everything that that everything that is out there is known and cataloged and and stuff like that so when like that in itself i think is a is an absurd is absurd to assume that that is true but then like well are if you see something that doesn't seem to fit into an existing box well is it something like brand new uh like you know it just bled through it portal somewhere i don't know or is someone's never seen before i don't know but that type of what regardless that attitude of looking at things and being very aware of your surroundings and just having like that freshness and perspective i think is 
is is the byproduct of that, regardless if you see a new species or like discover something, its implications are much, much greater because you're meeting everything, all life, like not just like like an animal, but situations with like you're constantly having a freshness i think that's i think that's just a great way to be you know whether or not it's the the bird is is a a new species or something like that i don't know well i'm wondering if it's like a morph where like certain areas create like more morph what's the right word morph morph morphate not morphations morphology I don't know. <laughs> more whatever the 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 verbal the the verb of morph is, I guess it's just morph. Uh, a place where things kind of like yeah, fluctuate genetically cuz it's not the only time I've seen strange birds that defy categorization. One time when I was much younger, I was in a place that has a very spiritual vibe. Uh, I met a really good friend there once. It's like a very strange spot on this river where there's a bridge that kind of stops halfway over the river like it was kind of incomplete and it's made out of iron and it's got like this stencil of the Maitreya Buddha stenciled spray painted onto it and I was standing there one time and I saw this heron type bird but it had googly eyes like eyes like that were face forward over the beak almost like an ostrich and most herons do not have that type of face. In fact, their eyes are kind of set along the side of their head like most birds. Um, and I didn't really even remember that encounter until recently, just kind of seeing a couple of great blue herons. And the thought came back to mind like, yeah, what was that bird that I saw? Because as far as I've seen in the books about local birds, there are no you know, birds that have eyes in the front of their their beak like that you know that's something that you see in maybe in an ostrich and and maybe like an emu you know birds that are traditionally uh, not in the new world technically right so right it was just it, that kind of stuck in my head when i had this sighting of a bird and i'll describe it it had a grayish blue body the size of like a, a very large duck or almost like a like a seagull almost. I mean, it had a a strange body, but it had the head of a a heron, like a very pointed beak and a very bright red head. And as far as I've seen, like there are no birds with that coloring in this area. And, you know, I could just be missing something or maybe it's just gone uncatalogued, but it got my mind starting to wonder, like maybe it's not a species. Maybe it's just like this one instance where it like you know it morphs it has like this weird like you know morphology to it i don't know know. (laughs) you know and yeah you're gonna have to you're gonna have to you're gonna have to start catalog i mean think about think about like all of the people like the i mean the most obvious would be like what's his name like i think his name's thomas audubon whoever audubon is like you know the naturalists the people there was once upon a time where there was an immensely keen eye to the natural world and um and uh, 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 a great attention to detail and people are going out looking for things like that like that's a uh and maybe even before like needing to catalog that i mean 
just to understand if you were to understand your environment, maybe for like, like hunting reasons, like that level of awareness, like is in the human experience, you know, where, where is it being applied nowadays? Is it gone dormant? Is it just being applied within, within Minecraft? Uh, you know, who knows, like, has it morphed that way, but it sounds, you're definitely tapping into something, which is an important attribute i think of being human and what maybe even more interesting right now is like you know uh the question i i would pose is like that attribute how how does it make sense in our in the current time mm. yeah and particularly for someone with with your perspective mm. well it has been something like the 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 word naturalist uh, the the title naturalist has come to mind like uh, it's just something that, you know, sounds like one of these old pompous jobs that someone used to get paid for. Then now it's like, how do you make money as a naturalist? Like, what do you You know, you write a book. Well, I guess you're an author then, right? Like, I don't, I don't know if there's any uh, jobs out there for naturalists, but yeah, you're right. That was something that well, used mean, to be I, an again, occupation. Like that, this is outside of that paradigm thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like imagine you lived in Connecticut in in the wilderness in 1840 or 1782, you know, something like that. Like maybe you were like a blacksmith's apprentice or maybe you were just like, you know, um, like able to survive by, you know, in a more natural way. Maybe, or maybe you came from a family of um, you came from a family of uh, um of means, you know, you often see that that was very common. Like a lot of the naturalists, which we see are typically, they often are like, you know, from like a well-to-do family, hmm. someone from a, a well-to-do family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's tons of, uh, strange stuff going on in this new place that I live in. It's just, uh, a matter of, of parsing through it all. Uh, well, I, uh, let's go back to like, I want to tie this into maybe where this conversation, like this, this conversation, which we're having right now, I guess on one level might seem like it's, you know, what's the point or we're all over the place. We're just like chatting about whatever, but all of this is always grounded in this idea of like your, your handbook to the apocalypse. I was talking to someone, you know, side note, I was talking to someone recently and it was mentioned that I have a podcast and then it was called your handbook for the apocalypse. And they thought like, is it biblical? Like, what do you mean by that? And I was like, well, really what it's about is, um, you know, this, this time which we're living in and what apocalypse means is really the end of one, of one time and the beginning of another time. Um, I didn't really get into it being like a conspiratorial perspective. Like the reason why everything's changing is because people are behind the scenes changing things. But but um, then the thought was like, oh, is this like a survivalist sort of thing? I think this conversation happened at at the the Freedom Podcast. I'm like, no, this isn't like it's not survivalist on that level, but it's survivalist in in mindset for understanding for understanding uh, like what are you going to do? How are you going to meet reality? And it's not even so much about this is how you do it as much as it is like we're figuring it out and part of what you're what we 
you know, you, me, people who listen, who resonate with this is like recognizing like, well, okay, like what, what I'm finding myself in this new place. I said earlier in this program, like, like my life experience, the, my, the, the, the rhythms of my life are changing and I'm becoming more and more accustomed to what that means, both in my natural new rhythms, but then also to who I naturally am. What am I naturally interested in? What am I naturally drawn into? Same is true for you. Same is true for everyone. You are in a new situation. You're drawn to other things. Like all of this is grounded upon if you don't want to get swept into the <coughs> the 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 path which is being laid out, um, well, then you got to learn how to follow your internal cues, and your internal cues are going to be unique for you. Now, what's what's the commonality is the fact, like you know, what we might call like synchronicity or golden thread or some sort of continuity outside of of the paradigm. But what it is unique for each person is like that's part of the the joy of your own individualistic path. Right. And that's what I'm hearing you say. Like, you know, you're talking about, and yeah, you're talking about it as a bird, but <clears throat> put this in context to everything which we've been talking about for two years or three years now, Mark. Like the way you notice the different rock outcroppings or, or 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 the way rocks are positioned out in the in the wild or the interaction you are having with known species of animals like what is that doing to your unfolding in life so mm. uh without limiting this to like you're going to go and discover new animals as much as it is like there, there's something there and you know follow it and don't limit it but but like treat it as something real well and and that's really why i brought it up was more to get your perspective on and you nailed it the way you put it with like you know we shouldn't expect everything to be cataloged right and and i i feel like that's kind of just maybe a side effect of living in this new place and just being open and observant of my surroundings kind of you know excited to to see what's new and uh yeah, it just got in my head like, oh, well, what if what if every every species of animal is more like, uh, you know, a result of their environment and in these certain places where the environment's, you know, a little mystical or a little, you know, off kilter somehow that creates this potential for new species to emerge. That, that makes so that makes so much sense. Or and even saying this, like even if something has been categorized. Like, what if we change that categorization? Like, um, part of <clears throat> part of the whole process of indoctrination, like, arguably, arguably, um, what the indoctrination program does more than anything is just get everyone to see things the same way. Not even like worrying about like what that way is that everyone's seeing it. Like that's the whole thing. Like, you know, there's no such thing as Monday. Like everyone is on a seven day rhythm. Like it doesn't matter if it's seven days or eight days or what have you. It's just like everyone agrees that today is Saturday or what have you. Everyone agrees that this is how we categorize animals. In some ways it does, I guess, make sense. Like, you know, like all the things with like feathers and, and, and wings, like they're birds, but, an owl and a friggin' cat have so much in fucking common. 
like I've been around a couple dead. I, I've been around lots of cats my whole life. And in this past two years, I've been around um, a handful of dead owls and seeing them up close and personal. And the way an owl talon and claw and like leg looks and the way that fur looks it is nearly identical to a cat. And then if you look at the way that an owl's face is and you look at a cat's face, like there is a similarity between an owl face and a cat face, which is like, it's undeniable. Not every bird looks like a fucking cat. Not every bird has claws that looks like a cat. Likewise, an owl behavior and a cat behavior are very common. Like in terms of their their uh, particularly like they they both go after the predators of the same of the same animal, you know, of like rodents and so forth. <clears throat> like and so imagine. But but to the typical mind, you're just going to see like an owl is a bird and a cat, cat, you know, or what have you. But we there's all of these other ways of reclassifying and re-understanding uh, our natural world. And as if we were to go and not even looking for new new species, you know, even using the word species, but like like just like looking at like the 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 inventory that we already have of what's out there and seeing other ways which which they are connected you know everything is connected on like the vertical like what if we go and we look at it on the horizontal you know using it that way um what changes and i'm being rhetorical about that like what happens in consciousness how do we see reality different i mean i always go back what makes the most amount of sense to me is what's called the the doctrine of signatures which is uh, a classical way of organizing the natural world, which is basically the stuff that looks alike is connected. Right. And why that I think is so significant is that you don't have to go to, you don't have to get special education to learn like all of the genuses and subgenuses and so forth. It's like, you just need to pay attention. Mm-hmm. You need to be present to your environment. And when you begin to see things that way, like you, like it opens up all of these different things. Now, what you said, which I think is really, really interesting, is you brought in the whole sort of like, you know, there's some parts of this earth where it's like, you know, there's like, it's emergent, it's mystical, it's magical. And then what does that say? Like now we're adding in something else. Like, you know, I, I think that's a, a really... <coughs> Um, exciting approach to having a new a new interaction with life and a new way to navigate life Hmm. yeah well and that kind of brings us back to the title of this show and when someone hears the name it's funny to to get that reaction of well is it a biblical show well is it a survivalist show and like those two interpretations, you know, they do fall under this um, kind of conspiracy alternative umbrella, but we, we definitely don't brush on those points very often. They are aspects to the, to the show, but the apocalypse is really, as you kind of uh, highlighted, it's, a, it's about this changing paradigm and how to navigate, and we've talked about that a ton on this show so i hope that's clear to the audience but you know it's worth reiterating because sometimes people find the show for the first time they listen to the newest episode and they don't necessarily go back and hear the first 15 episodes where we did painstakingly go through the why we named it this show and so on and so forth (laughs) 
I mean, I have no idea the statistics on the show. Like, like I literally think when I'm talking to you that it's real. Like, I, I know there's some people who listen, and I'm kind of aware of that. But, but for the most part, ninety percent of my awareness is like me and you are just talking, and we're recording it, we're putting it out there, like even just to be archived. But which is different than if I'm going to go on a show where I know has like a big sort of 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 audience. Um, where's I going to go with that? So. Um, there is oh that's <laughs> i think probably a more in my mind like maybe even a more fair uh description or title of the show is like you know mike and mark talk you know <laughs> our, our conversation because that's what it it often feels like but 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 the truth is you're right it's like this this perspective of um of of like this this really is like a a practical guide but in consciousness for a new reality um we did the last our last show was about an hour and this one i think is going to have to be an hour again for another reason but i want to i want to um begin wrapping it up with uh this along these lines um so i'm i'm getting ready to go back on um on on greg's show on the higher side chats and I I typically am very thoughtful on that show, more thoughtful than I am on pretty much any other show that I've been on, on how I want to go and how how I want to present. Most of the stuff, I'm just like off the cuff. And so he and I have been going back and forth. Um, like he was like, well, you know, looking at the past episodes, this is this is what gathered like the highest user feed, listener feedback or so forth people like this type of material versus that type of material and so forth um and that's helped me like kind of like formulate in my mind how i want to present what i'm going to present and a lot of it has to do with like what what you and i are talking about right now and it's this idea of this new world and we've been talking about this for a very long time since the beginning of the show and Part of me sometimes feels that, you know, are we like the 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 guy who's on the corner of the busy street corner with the with a sign that says the end is near? You know, that sort of people are always saying that the end is near that sort of thing. Um, but looking at your life now and looking at my life now, and if you were to go and look at those early shows um, and compare them to where we are now, it's like, yeah, life has really changed real life like you know we have gone through that um we have gone through that you know that 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 transition so what i'm going to talk about on greg's show or at least i'm going to begin is like that is i'm going to go and and i'm going to lean into this idea of you know corona you know this isn't a new idea but being the a literal sun ritual whether anything actually happened with the sun i don't know but it was framed up that way in the collective consciousness and being kicked off <coughs> with the release date of mine and greg's interview on the kobe bryant death ritual and concluding with as you and i've discussed this before with Djokovic winning um winning the the u.s open um, and for the becoming the all-time tennis winner, and he takes off his shirt, and he's got a Kobe Bryant um, T-shirt on, and this happens at Corona Park, and the amount of time between 
um, that date, which was September 10th, 2023, and the release date of mine and Greg's interview, which was February 28th, 2020, it's exactly 1,290 days. And that is a biblical date for the number of days of the tribulation period, like the literal apocalypse. Like, this is like when it happens. And so I just want to throw out this one last thing because it's just kind of funny. Like, this is like where we like to like synchromystic nerd out, but this is a synchromystic nerd out thing. So if you really go and you look at the book of Daniel, it says that this uh, 1,290 days is like this is the the real testing period. This is the the trials the, of tribulations. And it says something along the lines of, uh, blessed be though the person who can wait, though, until 1,335 days. Because then, then is when, then is when, um, uh, you know, whatever the next thing, uh, the real good stuff happens. And it is my opinion, like, I don't know, I, <clears throat> I don't. I am undecided. I've not. I've not made a conclusion. Like you know, how much is um, is completely convoluted? Um, like when things are put out by the invisible hands that be, how much is like actual prophecy? You know, I don't know. I just am really good at being able to say like this is in this book and this lines up so forth. So um, I'm not necessarily saying like the book of Daniel is prophetic, but I am saying like this lines up like um, in terms of the dates and all this sort of stuff. And so I went and I looked, I'm like, well, what actually happened at this um, 1,335 days? So that would be 45 days after um, the, the, the Djokovic winning of, of the, of the U.S. Open, which happened this past September. So the date which that would be is October 25th. So I'm like, all right, what, what, I, I don't know anything that happened October 25th. So October 25th, and and before I go to what, the, what happened October 25th, like I really leaned into, like in preparation for this, this interview with, with, um, with Greg, like it's not just the fact that that this this uh, revealing of Kobe Bryant on center stage um, happens to be called Corona Park. It's that literal land. Like there's something like that land is is whether intrinsically or just historically, it is imbued with something. Like it is <coughs> the location of two world's fairs, like important world's fairs. <coughs> The World's Fair, where the concept of the state of Israel was introduced, this is the World's Fair of 1939. It was the home of the United Nations before the United Nations building was built. And it was there that the state of Israel came into being. It was during this time period that the latest Israel sort of conflict broke out. So all that stuff is happening. This, like it go, The list goes on and on as to like some of the significance of this land, which is now, um, it's called the United States Tennis Association, um, Billie Jean King Tennis Center, and it took place at Arthur Ashe Stadium. And the reason why these things are important is because Billie Jean King, um, if you're familiar with tennis, she was like, she was uh, in the 70s, she was just 
unstoppable in women's tennis. She broke all the records. And she was really the first, like, very obvious uh, butch lesbian tennis player. Like, she was a barrier breaker. Like, nowadays, like, you know, LGBTQ is, like, there's nothing shocking at that all. But in 1970, like, that was kind of a big deal. And particularly, like, tennis was, like, like was still, like, a very, like, uh, proper sort of, event so the stadium has to do with has to do or the, the the it's named after her and the breaking of that barrier just as arthur ash stadium so the billy jean king center refers to a variety of tennis courts where they hold the u.s open and then the main court is called arthur ash stadium which is where the event took place and arthur ash was just like Billie Jean King, he was a a cultural barrier breaker because tennis was typically like just a bunch of white dudes playing. And he was the first black guy to come in and he was like the first black guy to win a grand slam to be ranked number one. And that was Arthur Ashe. And so the stadium is named after him. So we could see that both that where this place where this took place is this revealing of Kobe Bryant is um, is tied into like getting out of like whatever your personal feelings may be related to to any of these cultural topics like the, the, it is tied into barrier breaking so back to october 25th can i just so october- can i just mention something really quick yeah arthur ash interesting last name considering his race and also aa is one one just to add a little nutty gematria in there and then billy jean king uh bjk uh big joke maybe is how you can interpret that those initials right not well, that all right well i i, I didn't even think about the ash thing but prior prior to the world fair it was a um it was a dump and it was a dump for ash. In wow. fact, in the book, The Great Gatsby, they talked about the Valley of the Ashes because it was when all of the furnaces in New York, they would have these ashes and that's where they would dump it. And it was a very, very important part as setting within The Great Gatsby. So in the in the collective mind imagination, so ash and I was immediately thinking about the phoenix. Like that's what right. we also think about with ash. But, but this is what we got. So October 25th, you know what happened? No. So nowadays, it's real easy for this to get lost in the shuffle, but this this was for the day. It was a pretty big deal, and they're not as common as they once were, but there was a pretty big mass shooting in the United States. Right. It was the one in Lewistown, Maine. Huh. Right? Do you remember that? No. So um, what would that be? That was October 25th. So that wasn't, e- that wasn't even a month ago, Mark, and you've already forgotten. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, now I'm okay. For some reason, I'm thinking this is something that happened years ago. But yeah, the bowling alley guy. Yes. Okay. Right. Lewistown, Maine. Yeah. So Lewistown is best known for being like it's a small little town, but it's a college town. So, like, it's not known for its bowling alley. It's not known for anything. It's known for its college. Yeah. Like, that's what it's really known for. Mm. And so the college that's there is called Bates College. Mm. You ever heard of Bates College? No, but I've heard of the Bates Hotel. <laughs> well, there's there's certainly that. Bates College is thought of, I think they call it, like, the, the Little Ivies. Mm. Like, okay. there's a whole bunch of, like, northeastern colleges, which aren't right. quite, like, thought of as Ivy League, but they're, like, elite schools. Right. Uh, and Bates is one of them. But Bates has a distinction 
among um, institutions of higher education in the fact that um, in the I'm going to assume it's the late 1700s, early 1800s is the first university or first college to accept and degree both women and black students. And so we see that there's an assault on this idea of like uh, of that the same thing which we saw happen at the U.S. Open because the U.S. Open with Billie Jean King and Arthur Ashe, we see also happening on this assault on the day which is like in the in the book of Daniel, like the three three hundred thirteen thirty five. So. You know, what exactly, at the very least, it puts a damper on what was supposed to be a celebration, um, uh, according to, like, that line of thought. So there's nothing more that I wanted to go with other than the fact that we like to talk about some of the synchromistic stuff, and we didn't really go that deep into it with today's conversation. So I wanted to throw that little bone out to everybody. Uh, I'll go into that in greater detail when I'm on Greg's show, but, yeah, there's a little teaser. Right on. Well, cool. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about the Colorado uh, shooting that didn't happen where the guy ended up uh, putting his guns down and leaving or, or something like that. Did you hear about that? I'm unaware of that. Yeah, there is an amusement park out in Colorado. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did hear. And he, he was hearing voices and he said, uh, I don't know if this was before he killed himself or, or gave up his idea of, of doing the mass shooting, but he said he just wanted to go in the caves. And that's a big part of the amusement park is there are all these caves that you could take a tour through. So it's kind of an odd, I think he wrote it on the bathroom wall or something and took his own life. I forget the details of that story, but uh, very weird that that kind of um, situation came to light in light of all these mass shootings, you have a case where somebody's like, you know, seems to be uh, acting under someone else's will and then has this like split instance of free will where they change their mind. I mean, you can interpret it that way, maybe, or you can interpret it another way because, you know, we are dealing with someone who's potentially mentally insane, but it just seemed like this story possibly gave gave credence to the thought that these people are being manipulated by outside where, 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 forces. Where did this happen? Where in Colorado? It happened when in, in happened? the... I, I'm trying to cross-reference it. I'm, I can't pull it up right now. I'm not pulling up... I'm not typing in the right things. I don't remember what uh, the name of the town was, but it was in the Rocky Mountains. Maybe if you type in... How would you describe it? Shooting doesn't happen, did not pull up anything. Um, yeah. Uh, they found, a, they found like a loaded weapon. Do you know Do you, anything like that? I would, amusement park shooter changes amusement mind. Amusement park. Amusement yeah. park. Sh- uh, park shooting, Colorado. That should hit it. All right. Yeah. Found. So they found him uh, no, October thirty first. Man kills himself instead of carrying out amusement in the Glenwood. Ca- yeah, Glenwood Caverns. Camp. So this was this was just a handful of days after the thing in um, right. Huh. Glenwood so, Springs, Colorado. So I mean, uh, what, what, 
I'm sorry? I said Glenwood Springs, Colorado is where it happened. Colorado Springs. So just like initially, like what, uh, I mean, just the first thoughts that just popped in my head is like, nah, I'm not even going to mention it. Let's, that is a good place to wrap it up. I'll go (laughs) and I'll think more about this before I open my mouth on it. But, but that's certainly a thought provoking. That's thought provoking from my perspective, considering what, um, the way I just presented what happened in, in, in Lewistown, Mm. Maine. Well, I look forward to your interview on the Higher Side Chats. And uh, to everyone listening, thank you so much for being here. Support Mike on YouTube, Susquehanna Alchemy. He's got a link tree there where you can get in touch with him. And until next time, we'll see you.